Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I am once again joined by the great fantasy mind that is Kate Majuke as we roll out part two of our fantasy free agency series. Kate, the season is officially over. The Kansas City Chiefs do it again. Uh, we tied in our playoff pickums. Um, so how are we? How are you doing as we officially enter off-season season? I'm doing great. I really enjoyed this free agency landing spot exercise. We did this a couple of weeks ago, but we liked it so much. We have to do it again. And like, there are still so many interesting names that we didn't get to the first time around that couldn't pass up on an opportunity to kind of round out the list of interesting free agents that I do think, I don't know, there's a lot of potential left on the board. And I do hope that we don't have one of these boring off seasons of, you know, re-signings and stuff because there's a lot of potential shakeups that could really kind of shift the landscape for fantasy football here in 2024. It's certainly shaping up that way, right? Like it feels like this could be one of the more interesting free agency periods, just like, especially at the running back position. I, I don't know about you, but there's, there's a lot of interesting names. I think, especially like if you consider that it doesn't seem likely that a lot of these guys are going to get franchise tagged or, or anything like that. So could get some, like you said, landscape uh, shakeups here for, uh, for fantasy purposes, which I'm, I'm excited about. And that's why, you know, another reason that could be fun to, to do this fantasy free agency series. So yeah, last time we covered, um, we covered quarterbacks and tight ends in there as well. We, we won't go over any more quarterbacks or tight ends because we've pretty much covered all the interesting ones um, on that list. So, like last time we covered uh, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Derek Henry, uh, DeAndre Swift, T. Higgins, Mike Evans, Dalton Schultz, and Hunter Henry. So this time we're just going to focus on the running backs and the wide receivers. Um, we'll each add two new running backs and two new wide receivers as well. Um, and then just like last time, we're we're just going to go with the expected free agents that are that are available. We're not going to give any consideration to franchise tags or cap space or uh, anything like that. And we're going to put them on new teams only, so no re-signings or anything like that. So. Should be fun again. We got some interesting names here, like you said. Um, but before we get into it, I do want to give a shout out to the PFF Mock Draft Simulator promo that we have going on right now. Um, if you haven't already, uh, you can check out the PFF Mock Draft Simulator on PFF.com. 
Com where you can take control uh, and draft for your favorite team. Or if you want to draft for the entire league, you can do that as well. You can do one rounds to seven rounds. However you, deep you want to get into it, uh, the Mock Draft Simulator allows you to do that. I know personally I like to draft for all teams in the first round, make my own mocks, try out different strategies for each NFL team. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just fun to do, right? If you love the draft and football like so many of us do, uh, you can d jump in there and spend uh, a lot of time in the Mock Draft Simulator. Uh, you can also use the promo code 30MDS right now on pff.com to get 30% off annual subscriptions, uh, which includes all of our NFL draft content, which there's already a ton of and there will continue to be a ton of as we get closer to the draft. Um, and of course, it'll give you access to the best mock draft simulator in the league here at PFF. So check it out now. Have yourself some fun. Again, it is promo code 30MDS. All right, let's get into it here and start with the running backs like i said i think they're this is probably going to be the most interesting position i think of free agency kind of how it shakes out um with potentially a lot of new landing spots uh we only covered king henry and deandre swift last time so we have four more names and landing spots to add to the wish list here kate i'll let you kick us off with tony pollard where would you like to see mr pollard go in free agency tony pollard welcome to houston baby you are joining the Houston Texans. This very bright, promising passing attack needs a little bit more run support. And I think Tony Pollard could be the perfect complement. Now, I don't think Damian Pierce is as bad as his 2023 season would indicate. I'm kind of wondering if he was never 100%. Obviously, he had a season-ending ankle injury in 2022, that lingered on, I think, into the 2023 season, missed time also with that ankle injury in 2023. I'm going to write this off, but Damian Pierce, a grinder, right? 218 pounds, 5'10", not like the fastest running back, ran a 4'5", 40-yard dash that ranks in the 40th percentile among running backs. More of a grinder, less burst. I think Tony Pollard would be the absolute perfect complement to Damian Pierce in this offense. We have Devin Singletary, who's out of there. If Damian Pierce is healthy, give him some of those like tough yardage situations where you need a little bit to grind after contact. And suddenly Tony Pollard could be back to that like explosive pass, you know, passing role, explosive running role. Like when you put him in this complementary position as opposed to being the main guy, I do think that that could be something that that sees Tony Pollard's value and fantasy skyrocket. Uh, it came out, you know, during the Super Bowl week that Tony Pollard didn't really feel 100% healthy until like week 11. And you look at his splits from, you know, weeks one through 10 and then weeks 11 onward. I mean, weeks 11 onward led all running backs with a 90.8 PFF rushing grade, uh, ranked seventh in yards per carry, second in missed force tackle rate, six in yards after contact per attempt. We saw some big improvements in Tony Pollard in the second half of the season, but I do think that most fantasy managers probably didn't notice because maybe their season was over because they didn't have that second round running back that they had drafted contributing all that often very early. I I like this fit. I just think from a, a team perspective, you know, the 
the Houston Texans, they're unlocking a, a lot of different portions of their offense, but something that I think they're missing is the kind of burst Tony Pollard could offer. I like it. I, I mean, yeah, I, I like keeping Tony Pollard in Texas, uh, first of all, and, and and kind of taking over like that that Devin Singletary role, like you said, it, who Devin Singletary was productive, especially in the, the second half of the season there for for fantasy purposes. And like you said, with Tony Pollard, like he was good. He was sneakily good because he, you know, he finished as PPR RB 14. It was mostly a volume thing, but that second half of the year, he actually did look a lot better. Right. And on the year as a whole, 83.9 rushing grade, which was 10th best among running backs. And then he still put up a thousand rushing yards. Um, it was just more the fantasy production that, that kind of hurt us. Right. So I, I'm with you. You look at the Texans, currently slated to lose about 60% of their their running back carries in free agency right with mostly Devin Singletary losing but Damian Pierce is still there it's a kind of great number for for Pollard to absorb and and recoup some of that fantasy value and stay fresh and healthy and like you said this Houston team it, it's a young team especially on offense right and Nico Collins he's kind of like the veteran of the team there and on offense and he'll, he'll be heading into just year four. So I, it just gives some balance to the offense as well, you know, with some veteran savvy and leadership there with Pollard, but more importantly for fantasy, he'd be the clear kind of RB one and, and contribute significantly to the offense as a runner and as a receiver. So I am down with this one uh, for sure. I love, uh, yeah, Tony Pollard going to Houston. Please. Um, yeah, it would be nice. Let's talk about, Tony Pollard's um, presumably former home in the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and we have to replace him now because I don't think they necessarily have like an incumbent back on that roster at the moment that could take over that role. So I'm going to go with another running back that kind of let us down uh, in, in 2023 from, from a fantasy perspective. And that was Austin Eckler. So this one, look, two seasons ago, obviously, was fantasy RB1. He didn't come close to that in, in 2023. But I think this could be the offense for him to kind of thrive and, and get back closer to that value in 2024. I, and, and I do feel like we need a bounce back here from, from Austin Eckler. As much as I was super disappointed with Eckler last season, I, I don't want him to go out like that, not after being that RB1 just a season prior. So I, I want him in an offense where that's going to be possible for him to bounce back. And that hopefully, you know, can hide the fact that he is declining as a running back as naturally as most of them do. Um, but I think he'll be behind a very good Cowboys offensive line, which is certainly going to help. Um, he doesn't necessarily need to be the focal point of the offense either. He, you know, he could be that complement out of the backfield, hopefully as a receiving threat, as well as a rushing threat. Um, he would absorb a lot of the, the workload that Tony Pollard handled in 2023, inclu including receiving down work in, in a stable offense too, that can give him chances to touch the ball um, and, and get into scoring position with plenty of other offensive threats um, that the, the defenses have to focus on. So, Maybe unlikely, unlikely from an NFL standpoint, um, for fantasy purposes, if fantasy managers like myself are kind of holding out hope for Eckler to bounce back, this might be the best landing spot to do it. You know, you give him a one year deal, nothing crazy, maybe two with some outs in that second year. But I, after last year, I don't think he's going to be crazy expensive to sign. So why not? If he, if he can't be productive in Dallas as a featured back, I, I don't think he's going to be productive anywhere, anywhere, in which case, um, then we can move on for good. But yeah, Austin Eckler in Dallas for me. 
I mean, I think that's that's a very fair, um, you know, very fair situation here. I mean, you look at their 2023 season, you look at the offense, uh, led the league by a significant margin in terms of red zone plays run, um, led the league, you know, but in goal line plays like this could be a really big opportunity. And we know that Austin Eckler's best seasons came on the back of those 18 touchdown performances like this is going to be a very productive offense. And I think, you know, those opportunities in the red zone, in the end zone, that is going to, inside the five, I, I think that is going to play very well into what is offered Austin Eckler. So much potential as uh, a fantasy running back. We've also seen Dak Prescott willing to to target the running back. We've seen it with Zeke, seen it with Tony Pollard. Like, Austin Eckler, a, a very different kind of running back than Tony Pollard in, you know, I think that might actually kind of serve them, but the, the way that this year played out, I do think it makes it more financially feasible, even if it's still like on paper, doesn't sound super likely. I don't think it's out of the question. I think it could be a good fit. Nice. Okay, sweet. So yeah, so we're hoping there, um, obviously, like you said, maybe not overly likely that Dallas goes out and spends on Austin Eckler. But you know, again, this is fantasy free agency. This is what we're kind of just putting together a wish list here and and, and throwing everything else to, at, to the wall and, and seeing what sticks here. So uh, let's continue to keep it going with the the running backs here. And you have a good one here. Devin Singletary, where do you have Devin Singletary going for uh, the free agency period this year? I've got him going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I do think there's going to be a ton of opportunity here in this Antonio Pierce offense to run the ball. Like this seems very much like a ball control style offense that they're going to need a grinder. And I think what we saw for the first time really in Devin Singletary's career is his potential as a high volume running back. I mean, last 10 games of the regular season, we saw Devin Singletary carry the ball 167 times, 715 rushing yards, four touchdowns, also a lot of production in the receiving game, had 29 targets in that span, and he looked good. He looked good as a volume guy, which I think obviously like he's 26 years old. He's really small. He's 5'7", 203 pounds. Like you look at him though, and you don't see that teeny tiny guy necessarily when he's playing football, which I love that about him. I love that he doesn't look like a five, seven running back. He plays, I, I think much bigger than that. And, you know, obviously a huge barrier for him throughout his career has been getting that opportunity to see volume. We saw it finally, and he looked good doing it. I think this is going to be a perfect situation. That's going to be very conducive to running the football and running it often. I mean, from weeks 10 on, like, it, did he not look like one of just the most balanced running backs in the league? Like, as crazy as it is to say? Yeah, this, this is what Devin Singletary does, right? Like, he's been really steady and consistent and and underrated for, for most of his career now. He's been really good. And, and I so I love this fit. I mean... He's just shown it, right? Any time that a team has, has gone to him, he, he's delivered, right? He rarely disappoints just as this kind of, like you said, unassuming kind of back capable of uh, being consistent, at least at 
on early downs that that's what you're mostly looking for from him, but never posted lower than 4.1 yards per carry in any season. Um, and the Raiders, like you said, undoubtedly like a team in transition here. So an under the radar signing like a Devin Singletary could, I think, work out really nicely for fantasy since they should be very unlikely to heavily invest in the position beyond that, whether in the draft or, or, or also in free agency, whatever the case. But He's also a capable receiver. He's seen at least 45 targets every year that he's been in the league across two different teams now. So, um, yeah, this this is great. I, I would love Singletary in Las Vegas. This this would be a nice fit for me. And what I will say, so, like, I, I think what encourages me probably the most about Devin Singletary, like, you look at the situation right now in Las Vegas. And the biggest question is like, is this offense going to score points? And I think that's probably going to be a pain point, right? For, for really anybody, if Devin Singletary were to go there, I think that would be a, a huge question mark, but this was kind of an, a, a situation for Devin Singletary, you know, weeks 10 on when he kind of had that full-time role secured not a lot of that offense was necessarily channeled through him not a lot of that scoring was channeled through him but still the rb 17 and fantasy points per game in that span uh from week 10 on through 18 um you know that's a higher average than david montgomery Najee harris brian robinson like Travis Etienne, a lot of guys that we consider to have had a really solid end to the season, only had four rushing touchdowns in that span and still managed to, to be very productive, was was productive from a yardage standpoint, ranked second in, in running back rushing yards in that span. I just think from a from an NFL standpoint, I could actually see this one happening. And it, cause it, like you mentioned, I, you know, this is a, a team in flux. And I do think that, I mean, for what you're going to get on this market, I do think Devin Singletary is probably going to be one of the most affordable options that's produced more recently than a lot of these other free agent running backs. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. His efficiency has been has been great, and and like you said, just super reliable. And even like dating back to to college, I want to say he went to Florida Atlantic, I think it was, and and he put up a ton of production there as well, right? So this is a guy that's just been capable and delivered at at every level now. So yeah, I would love to see him in Las Vegas. I think that would make uh, make for a really nice fantasy combination there. Um, so yeah, that one makes sense. I'm going to swing for the fences a little bit here with my next one. And I'm going to put Saquon Barkley with the Philadelphia Eagles. So dreaming. yeah, yeah, it is. It's <laughs> definitely dreaming. I, I cannot imagine that this actually happens in, in reality, but look I, again, fantasy free agency. Here we are. We're, we're taking some shots here and look, if, if there is going to be a, reality portion of it the eagles aren't really like strangers to kind of bringing in some you know high profile players at a relative bargain to kind of fill out their roster right and deandre swift is a pending free agent at the moment um and yeah maybe they look within the division here to upgrade the position so saquon barkley staying in the nfc east and Look, I, I, for me, I think he has both the rushing and receiving profile, I think, to fill basically multiple needs in the Eagles' backfield so they won't have to rely on multiple other backs to play either role and, and can still 
address other team needs, right? You don't need to rely on basically the Boston Scots and Kenneth Gainwells of the world. Um, and Barkley's still at a point in his career where I think you can rely upon him to handle a pretty large workload and perform at a high rate. He's coming off back-to-back seasons of close to 250 carries or more than at or or more and at least 50 targets. So it's also an offense where there are other mouths to feed and plenty of them where he doesn't have to be again, much like um, uh, Austin Eckler doesn't have to be the, the focal point of the offense. Like he was in New York, which I think is only, you know, if he were, it was only going to lead to more kind of wear and tear for him or at a player that's dealt with injuries. So at the same time, I think this is a team that, you know, can sustain enough offense for him uh, to, to provide opportunity to rack up strong fantasy production on a weekly basis. We know that, you know, he's at his best, obviously, when he's healthy, who isn't. But I'd hope that playing behind that offensive line and, and more of a balanced offense that that can allow him to thrive and be more efficient in the way that um, he has been in the past and, and also be a, as productive of a back as there's been in Philadelphia over the past few seasons. So. I know that he's likely to command probably the highest price tag of, of all the free agent running backs, which is likely going to be the biggest sticking point here. But again, fantasy free agency part two, uh, we get to kind of throw that out the window and just build our list of hopes and dreams here, which is a lot more fun in February and March anyway. So um, <laughs> this is where I'm going with Saquon Barkley, uh, keeping him in the NFC East and throwing him on the Eagles. I really like this fit actually, because the big pain point for you know, Saquon Barkley over the past few seasons, obviously it has not been um, a, a volume situation, even despite the fact that he's missed some time over the past three seasons, still averaging like 235 attempts per season. So like even with that injuries, the, the volume floor has been incredibly safe. The big pain point though, has been the efficiency. And obviously, like you mentioned, I, I think health has in part played a factor of that also has, the fact that he is a New York giant, whoops, um, that's not going to help your case. Uh, playing with Daniel Jones, even despite his emergence as a runner, like all of these things kind of play against Saquon Barkley's efficiency on the ground. Two of the last three seasons has failed to eclipse that four yards per carry mark, but working in an offense that is as friendly toward the run as Philadelphia is, I do think they got a little bit away from their roots here in this past season, if they can get back to the run with a fully healthy Jalen Hurts, which I think is also probably a, a part of that deviation, he was dealing with that knee injury, get this run going again. And I do think that if he's running alongside a guy like Jalen Hurts behind that offensive line, hopefully uh, we'll see Kelsey return. Like this could be Saquon Barkley's most efficient opportunity because there aren't a lot of places. Maybe the the Ravens are another good example, but not a ton of offenses where I think you're going to find a, a strong enough balance between run game and passing efficiency as you are with the Eagles or maybe even the Ravens to really unlock Barkley's true potential. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of what I think was the main focus for him for me is just trying to find somewhere where opportunity obviously is going to be one thing, but not so much that he's just going to be, you know, 
run into the dirt every single play, right? So um, staying behind, you know, in that offense and behind that offensive line, I think is an opportunity for him to stay relatively fresh while also, you know, being the clear lead back there and, and contributing as both a runner and a receiver. So I, yeah, I, I like Philadelphia for him as, as much as, as unlikely as that is to be. Um, we'll see what happens, but um, we can dream. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the point of this. This is, this is the, uh, you know, the figment of our imaginations this yes. off season. And that is, again, the, like my favorite part of the year uh, is kind of this period where literally anything is possible. The cap is a myth draft capital. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. Everything is possible at this point in the NFL season with the draft ahead of us with free agency ahead. Like, the world is our oyster and this is the very carefully crafted fantasy football oyster that we are presenting the community and I hope it all happens. <laughs> yeah, very well put. This is uh, definitely what makes the off season fun, all the prognostication and, and guessing and, and build up to, to where players could potentially go, whether it's free agency or the draft. And we'll definitely cover the draft in potentially a similar way um, down the road as well. But uh, yeah, we'll keep it rolling here. We'll talk about the wide receivers in just a second. But first, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. Uh, if you have family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial financial decisions you can make. And the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done. So you could focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy policies issued by Western South life insurance company not available in certain states price is subject to underwriting and health questions all right let's pick things back up with some wide receivers now last time we, we covered uh mike evans and t higgins so we have four new names to add to that starting with michael Pittman jr kate where do you have him going in free agency this is probably the most unlikely of any of our free agency picks today but Michael Pittman, you know, I, I think there's this gazing hole or gaping hole uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense because the week before last, we shipped Mike Evans off. So obviously he needs a replacement. Michael Pittman, come on down. It seems likely they're going to bring back Baker Mayfield, right? But part of the success of Baker Mayfield coming off a season, ranked top 10 in pass attempts, yards, touchdowns, yards per attempt, passer rating. I mean, this was a baller season for Baker Mayfield, huge Baker Mayfield fan. And Mike Evans, obviously a crucial, crucial part of that success. Second highest receiving yardage total of his career. Uh, you know, 13 receiving touchdowns for Mike Evans. Like there has always been this looming question. Can wide receivers actually produce with Baker Mayfield? And like Michael, Mike Evans, Michael Evans, his 2023 <laughs> season answered that in full force. And, you know, something that I think they're going to miss in a big way with Mike Evans is obviously that size factor, size factor and reliability. He's 6'5", 231 pounds. Michael Pittman Jr., I don't know. He offers a, a decent amount of size there that I think kind of 
uh, fits what they're going to be missing. 6'4", 223 pounds. Um, again, a guy that I just don't think we've necessarily seen hit his total upside, but you look at where he's been successful, um, 63rd percentile and separation percentage over the past two seasons, 71st percentile in yards per route run. Uh, like I think, you know, 77th percentile in contested catch percentage. Like there's a lot of upside here for a guy like Michael Pittman, especially with the size, with the potential opportunity with Baker Mayfield. Cause I do think that I'm not calling Michael Pittman Jr. Mike Evans in any way, but I do think that there's some relative similarities to their game that I could see him translating to this Bucks offense fairly well. Yeah, I, I, I like it, right? We, we could assume that, yeah, Mike Evans, we shipped him off um, last time. So this, this is replacing one Mike with another, and it could be a, a relatively smooth transition here, right? Especially if Baker Mayfield continues to be the quarterback there, right? We, we want to surround him with some capable receiving weapons to help him as much as possible. Cause yeah, like you, like you said, I, I'm a fan of Baker Mayfield as much as I like him as a quarterback, right? You still want to have a good supporting cast for him as well, because he's had his ups and downs. Um, and you look at, it's going to be basically Chris, Chris Godwin there. And that that's it as, as far as receivers go, right? Rashad white out of the backfield, but there's going to need to be somebody else. And, and Michael Pittman, I think makes a ton of sense, you know, looking at the Buccaneers, potentially losing about 40% of their routes run um, from this past season. It, that's a big chunk there for, for, for Mayfield. So I like Mike Evans in this spot. You, you pair him with, with a Chris Godwin guys that can kind of do it all as wide receivers. And Mike Evans definitely proven that he's a capable wide receiver one. If that's going to be the role that he plays in this Bucks offense, he's led the Colts and targets since 2021 by a pretty large margin as well right so no reason reason he can't step into tampa bay and and do the same thing here um yeah i really like this fit for sure um all right let's talk about another uh wide receiver and this one is marquise hollywood brown so we're gonna fight about this one by the way we John. Might, i have yeah. a feeling <laughs> <laughs> we might yeah this is there there's you have a, a pick here for a for the same team and i i really like that one as well so I, I feel like we couldn't talk wide receiver landing spots without talking about the kansas city chiefs and i got marquise brown going to the kansas city chiefs so of all the landing spots listed in this piece the chiefs are actually losing kind of the lowest percentage of routes at the position, just 9%, right? There's not a ton of room there. Um, it's just Mikko Hardman, Super Bowl winning touchdown score, Mikko Hardman, by the way, uh, <laughs> and Richie James uh, slated to be the free agents this offseason. But I still feel like there's a pretty significant need to add to the wide receiver room in Kansas City. This was a particular weak spot all season long, which feels weird to say for a team that just won the Super Bowl, right? But um, th the fact that they were able to do it with the likes of Mikkel Hardman, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, a rookie in Rashi Rice, uh, aging Travis Kelsey, I don't know how sustainable that is. So um, it might not be an area to necessarily gamble on considering that Kelsey maybe has a year left in him before he and uh, T-Swizzle retire away to a private <laughs> island somewhere never to be seen or heard from again. Um, but you could bring in a player like Hollywood Brown, who definitely hasn't lived up to, I guess, the expectations with either the Ravens or the Cardinals since being that first round pick in, in 2019, though 
he was a lot better in Baltimore where he was much more of like this yak wide receiver, at least more than he was in Arizona. Right. And, and I think there's potential for him to kind of get back to that and be productive in an offense that's built off that yak production right now, while also being like a primary deep threat, which is how the Ravens and, and Cardinals have utilized him in the past as well. So he's still going to be just 27 years old at, at the start of this season. He's not likely going to command north of 15 million per year, like a lot of the other top end wide receivers. So he'll be on the cheaper side. Um, you can maybe give him a two year contract. Even I, I think that could end up being, a nice compliment for this offense going forward. Hopefully provide um, some more consistency there if he, he's looking to get, you know, his career kind of back on track at least. So um, felt like I had to put somebody on Kansas City. And I kind of like Marquise Brown there as as somebody to as like a reclamation project. I see your Marquise Brown and I'm going to raise you <laughs> a Gabe Davis who... I yeah. think is the overall better deep receiver. And we actually like both were kind of right on, on point here with where we were going with the direction of this. We want a deep threat for Patrick Mahomes who, you know, of course on social media, I don't know if you've seen the, the uh, recent, you know, trendy graphic uh, from, uh, I believe it was Warren Sharp about the average depth of target on Patrick Mahomes' passing touchdowns. It is quite low. <laughs> it is quite low. He needs a little bit of a deep threat to open things up. Now, they found Rashi Rice in the draft this year, second round pick, who is absolutely outstanding and showcased everything he can do after the catch this year. But he, like, uh, a number of other assets on this Chiefs offense had a very low average depth of target. They need somebody that is a threat deep. And, you know, like, because you could have Marquez Vada Scantling, you know, running up the seam all day long, 20 yards deep, but there's not a whole lot of incentive for, you know, opposing teams to dedicate all that many resources to covering that play because even if the ball gets in his hands what are the chances that it's actually caught it's not <laughs> great and i mean patrick mahomes tied to lead the league for dropped passes on attempts of 20 plus air yards this year and you know who is actually one of the top rated wide receivers when it comes to those such targets it was gabe davis ranked 10th in pff receiving grade on those targets Obviously, like it wasn't fully healthy towards the end of the season and then, you know, kind of had this whole smorgasbord. But like that was kind of the, the role that he played. He saw 20 or 32 percent of his targets on deep pass attempts, had 25 targets deep and that ranked 12th in the league, despite the fact that he wasn't like a full time role. Uh, receivers with a similar target share uh, deep. You know, you're looking at the likes of like an AJ Brown, a CD Lamb, guys that were absolute pinnacles of their offense. But Gabe Davis, he was very much in an ancillary role, which makes his production as a deep receiving option all the more impressive to me. And I do think that he'd be a really solid fit because he's a guy that I think over the past couple of years we've seen isn't reliable enough on an every down basis to play to be your every down guy. He's not your wide receiver one, but I do think he can slot in as like, if he's your wide receiver three, all of a sudden things look a lot 
different and he can open some things up down the stretch. Like I, I will say as a Steelers fan, uh, when the Steelers were playing the Buffalo bills in the wild card round, the fact that they did not have Gabe Davis available was a huge, huge win for that Steelers defense. They still managed to get it done, but I just think, you know, from a, a perspective of what he can do to open things up for the rest of the offense and start pushing that ball down the field a bit more. I, I trust his hands just a bit more than you know, like, I, I think it's a very natural fit. I, I, I'm in a hundred percent agreeance here. I, I think it is. It's a great fit. I mean, the chiefs, like you said, they, they lack that consistent deep threat, right? Like they're top deep threats this past year. Like you said, Marquez Valdez, Scantling and Justin Watson, right? Like, they, they can afford to upgrade there. Even, even if that's all that Davis is, you're not necessarily paying him to be anything more than that, right? You look at his route tree the last couple of years, what he's been for Buffalo, it's it's outside of hitches, it's go routes, posts, and corners, right? He, he's their deep threat. And you're, you're not really going to be asking him to do more than that, especially once you consider Rashi Rice, like you said, how good he's been on the underneath stuff and handling that. Um, you know, those those crossers and underneath and, and, and ins and outs and thriving in, in that area in the field as a rookie. I, I mean, Davis, I think, could be kind of the perfect complement to that offense um, in that deep role while Rashi Rice kind of dominates underneath and uh, along with Travis Kelsey and those guys. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I love it. Should be on the cheaper side as well. Also in that kind of 12 million per year range like Marquise Brown. So I think it makes a lot of sense. I think, uh, yeah, Gabe Davis, we, we saw what he did against Kansas City in that that Kansas City-Buffalo overtime game from a few years back. I, I mean, they can add somebody that to that, like that to their offense. That That's that's just a huge addition, right? I'll say I do think it kind of, like, I, I think both of these, these players could be interesting fits for the Chiefs. Obviously, just a wider, a, a warm body with hands uh, would be, a leg up for this Kansas City Chiefs offense. But I do think like it depends on what route you would like to take. Like I think Gabe Davis would be um, a huge winner for let's say the, the upside of Patrick Mahomes for fantasy obviously had a, a, a down season. I think the addition of Gabe Davis gives Patrick Mahomes an additional edge more so than Marquise Brown. But I also think Marquise Brown is a much more versatile wide receiver that would probably offer the chiefs a lot more flexibility in terms of his usage. So like probably depend like which way you lean. Uh, I I'd love to hear what the listeners think about which of these two fits they like better, but it really does come down to like, what do you think the chiefs need more? Do they need maybe, you know, more every down reliability that I do think they found in Rashi rice and, and some of that, flexibility and dynamic playmaking or do they need the deep threat and is that what you care about the most and I think that's kind of like the deciding factor between the two yeah no I'm with you I think if I'm choosing between the two that that makes the most sense like and and most likely to happen I think Gabe Davis is that that player and just in that they have a lot of players who can do that kind of underneath stuff right now but they don't necessarily have just that sole deep threat right and I think 
if that's the role that Gabe Davis is going to play, which is basically what he's been for his NFL career and, and probably going to continue to be for at least a couple more seasons, I, I think that one makes the most sense to me uh, as well. So, yeah, I'm with you, Gabe Davis in Kansas City. Uh, so what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that you regret uh, your <laughs> you, you picked better then... than me that, that one. For ah, sure. yeah. okay. I was just double checking. Yeah, I had to no, double check. No, that's good. We'll, we'll, we'll put that on the record. Yes, I like that one uh, a lot more. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's do one more wide receiver here. And we couldn't talk free agent wide receivers without talking about Calvin Ridley, who it seems like he's done in Jacksonville. Um, and I have put him with the New York Giants. So this, you know, look, you look at Ridley last year, his first season with the Jaguars, it had its ups and downs, but ultimately wasn't quite what a lot of fantasy managers or, or maybe even the Jaguars had hoped for. Um, he did finish with over a thousand receiving yards, eight touchdowns, but 1.57 yards per route run ranked 49th among wide receivers. He had seven drops tied for the fifth most. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I, I think the Giants could still use a receiver who can command targets, which Ridley has, has proven capable of his 132 targets that he had last year were tied for the 15th most at the position that uh, gives them kind of an established wide receiver who can get open consistently while being a downfield threat as well. And this is a team whose top deep top deep threats were like a rookie in Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, who was, I think, underutilized and Darius Slayton, who is just kind of fine for what he is. But the point being, these aren't necessarily guys who scare you at wide receiver and and maybe Ridley isn't that as much anymore either, but he's still, I think a significant upgrade to what they've had in my opinion. And the giants obviously still have questions at quarterback, despite Tommy Cutlet's mania taking over midway through the season. Um, th this is a team that needs a strong supporting cast, I think in order to succeed on offense, because Daniel Jones isn't getting it done by himself. We'll see what they do in the draft. Maybe they bring in a potential, you know, rookie quarterback of Bo Nix or JJ McCarthy or, or whoever, right? It, it, we'll see what happens. But we know Darren Waller it was disappointing. We talked about him a, a few weeks ago. He just wasn't what we had hoped for. It doesn't seem like he's going to get back to being that, you know, top target earner on a team. So they got to have another option there. And, and as much as I love like Wondell Robinson, he's not a guaranteed wide receiver one by any means and remains to kind of see, remains to be seen how much he can contribute as, you know, kind of a do it all wide receiver. So you spend some money on Ridley, you give this offense, it's clear top target. Now that Jones can rely on every week or Jones or whoever is that quarterback. Um, and, and you don't get necessarily the carousel of names that we've had the past couple of seasons there. And hopefully that should lead to some strong fantasy production. So um, yeah, Calvin Ridley going to New York is, is my pick here. I really like that, especially just given the kind of role we saw for Jalen Hyatt, 45% of his targets went for 20 or more air yards, which led all wide receivers with at least 15 targets, uh, such targets of 50, uh, 20 plus area. It's like his role was down the field, run there, stay there and try to catch a ball. If it comes in your direction, <laughs> then interestingly, you had Darius Slayton who actually led that cohort in yards per reception on such targets. Like they didn't, they, they had some guys that they utilized deep and then, didn't really feel like they had a much of you know reliability anywhere else on the football field. I think Calvin Ridley adds a a level of 
you know, dynamics to the the field. You're, you can't have the deep threat without having threats anywhere else on the field. And I think like Calvin Ridley could be a guy that could complement this offense to balance out that dynamic because like Jalen Hyatt, much like a Gabe Davis, if what you're asking him to do is to be that deep threat, great. I think he can succeed there. But in order for that role to be like a, a successful one, you definitely need somebody else to fill the shoes elsewhere and be more of an every down threat. And uh, they do not have that in any, any sense of the imagination at this point, Calvin Ridley also, you know, from a, a like real NFL standpoint also seems like a fairly reasonable fit. I like, I, I don't think there's any way he returns to the Jaguars just based on the fact that their, their draft capital that they, you know, are paying essentially for Calvin Ridley will convert to a second round pick if they do get an extension done. So like, seems like an actual, like, you know, fairly reasonable signing. And I mean, again, kind of like the chiefs and their needs for a, a deep receiver, like the, the giants just need a warm body with reliable hands that can make plays more than just down the field. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and look, Calvin Ridley, probably fits in a, a number of other different places as well just because he he's not just kind of a you know one trick pony as far as being a wide receiver goes and but i don't know yeah I, i'm with you I, I like i like the giants I, I think the nfl's better when the giants are good and i'm just trying to make them good and uh yeah just creating some stability for fantasy purposes because the poor trying giants. to figure out yeah who to start at wide receiver each week out of new york was was kind of a pain in the ass so hopefully calvin ridley can <laughs> uh can can be that guy for us and uh yeah if he if he ends up landing there but we'll see because yeah i'm with you it does feel like he will be one of the ones to hit the open market here um because i don't think jacksonville wants to give up a second round pick so um yeah, should be fun. But yeah, let us know. Do you have any favorite fantasy football landing spots for free agency this offseason? Um, you could drop them in the YouTube comments. Don't be afraid. Jump in. Give us some of your favorites. The, the beauty of fantasy free agency is there are no wrong answers. So um, I'd love to hear them. I know Kate would love to hear them as well. So let us know uh, in the comments. But yeah, thank you all very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed part two of fantasy free agency. I, I appreciate you all killing some time with us until uh, the real free agency kicks off and we have some legitimate landing spots to discuss, or maybe most of these come to fruition and we could just repeat ourselves in, in a couple of weeks. Who knows? But um, Kate, thank you again for coming on and continuing our fantasy free agency series. It was so fun the first time, like you said, uh, we had to do it twice. I, I don't know if we'll do it thrice, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll might be scraping the bottom of the barrel if we do it again, but this was fun uh, nonetheless. So I appreciate you uh, doing this and uh, yeah, before we go, let everybody know where they can find more of you and your work as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Uh, follow some Steelers work over at Behind the Steel Curtain. I tweet out uh, anything I write for, for any of our lovely platforms. But of course, uh, popping in and out of PFF periodically, always here down to talk fantasy with John. So follow along. Yeah, give me a follow on Twitter and uh, we'll we'll have a, ourselves a fun off season. Yes, definitely follow Kate and, and all of her work. That's something I probably need to get better at as well. I'm not great at tweeting out the, the, the things I do, but I am writing up some stuff on, on PFF.com. Um, I had written up the, the free agency primers for offensive and IDP. 
Um, but I'm also writing up kind of a, an introduction to this year's rookie draft class for all position offense and IDP as well, where I, I look at the how the class stacks up in terms of stable metrics uh, over the past two seasons, just as a kind of way to get an idea of where these players are at right now coming out of college and see where their strengths and weaknesses uh, might be before I, I do the full deep dive into the prospect rankings and all that fun stuff, which we'll get to uh, covering on the pod here as well as we get closer to NFL draft season. But we got the combine coming up soon. We'll have plenty of free agency coverage as well, draft coverage, all of that fun off-season stuff. So keep tuning in. And until next time, peace out.